morning, Riverside Lisbon. Before I get going, I just want to know who's new here for the first time. If this is your first time, just wave at me. Half of you are new. Oh, my word. Welcome, welcome to all of you. It's really good to have you in the house, and we look forward to fellowshipping with you afterwards and finding out where you're from and why you're here. I also want to greet the leadership of the pastors, the leadership, and all of the members who serve, and all the members here at Riverside Lisbon. Greetings. I bring you greetings from Riverside International Church in Kashkaish, and especially from our leadership there. We do have one of our elders here, Tom, and his family. Would you just stand? Amen. And I believe the only other Riverside Kashkaish is Oli, my brother, right? No other Riverside Kashkaish. All right. We'll steal some of you if you want. <laughs> well, guys, um, uh, I want to just share with you uh, a message of thanksgiving for all the Lord, for all that He is and all that He has done in and for Riverside International Church in Lisbon and for the Lisbon Project. And truly, truly, it's wonderful to see what the Lord has done. It's incredible to see what the Lord has done. Because it's not hundreds of people, it's thousands of people who've been impacted through the ministry of this church. Riverside um, Lisbon is actually the youngest of our churches. The mother church was birthed way back in 1998 when we arrived. When we arrived, actually, we arrived in 96, and Gabby was just a little baby back then. Eh? And we were influential of starting other churches, not only in Portugal, but outside of Portugal. Uh, we've invested in missions work, tangibly invested in missions work in well over 20 nations of the world, and we continue to do that. Then in 2006, Riverside Porto was planted. In uh, 2014, Riverside Coimbra was planted. In 2015, Riverside Algarve, which is now Riverside Albufeira, and Riverside Alvor. So the baby is Riverside Lisbon at 2017. But it fills me with great joy to tell you that you are the healthiest of all of our churches right now. Amen? Because what God is doing here is simply incredible. Amen? And I think we can give God the glory by giving God a big round of applause for all that He has done. Amen. I know that the leadership here doesn't take credit for that. We simply say thank you, God. When I asked um, Reuben on what I should speak on, Reuben said, speak on gratitude today. I was thrilled because I love that topic, and especially because I recently preached on that topic at Riverside. And when you get to my age, you don't remember things that well. So when you can repeat a message, it's really good, okay? Because uh, it's easier on your mind, all right? But um, before, before we get in there and we talk about the centrality and the vitality of thanksgiving in our lives as Christians... Let me just say that um, I underwent knee replacement surgery a month ago today, okay? One month ago, I got a prosthesis put in, and I want to thank from the bottom of my heart everyone who prayed for me. I know that I've had a remarkable recovery, and everybody is saying that, even the orthopedic surgeons are saying the recovery is simply amazing, and that's thanks to the prayers of God's people, not only here but around the world. And and we travel in ministry quite frequently, and one of the places we're traveling this year is Mozambique, Africa, and we're also going to Tanzania, where, if you remember, Gabby went with me a few years ago, and we do conferences, and we preach gospel crusades, and all sorts. And it was just wonderful for me to receive this video clip. It's larger, but we just put a snippet of it to show you, 
youth in Tanzania and children in Mozambique praying for me. And I believe that's truly why the Lord's healing has been so rapid. Watch this. Question, how can you not be healed after that? Amen. Well, back to Psalm 100. I'm going to talk to you about Psalm 100 if you want to open it up on your iPhone, if you want to open it up on your Bibles. Uh, Psalm 100 is, is a literary masterpiece in the Bible because it's just an incredible, incredible psalm that teaches us how to enter the presence of Almighty God. And um, this psalm can actually be found in every other psalm. Portions of the psalm are in every other psalm. And it teaches us how to enter the presence of Almighty God. And for me, it's really interesting that um, we today, we, when we meet with the president of the country, when we meet with the CEO of a company, when we, when we go to an important business per person we respect, we prepare, we observe protocol, we dress correctly, and, and, and then we go into the presence. But it's amazing to me today how the turnaround in the church has happened that people come into the presence of God without any preparation, without any protocol, dressed in any old way. And many times we treat coming into the presence of God as though we're going to McDonald's, right? Do you agree? We, we just don't give it the right thing. And we're entering the presence of the creator of the universe. We're entering the presence of the most high God. So what do we do and how do we prepare when we enter? And I want to I give you that from Psalm 100. Okay, so if you're ready with me and if you want to write down things, if you're one of the writers, then write down. I'm going to give you key words you can write down. In Psalm 100, it begins out this way, okay? It says, shout triumphantly to the Lord all the earth. That's verse 1, okay? So the first thing I want to write and say to you is shout out triumphantly. Write the word shout. Shout out triumphantly. In the original language, it means to blow hard into a trumpet or a shofar. How many of you watched the Queen's Platinum Jubilee concert last night? How many of you are British? Oh, my word. Okay. I guess you missed one of the greatest concerts ever. It was really a good concert. Amazing. If you want to go online and watch it, it was simply amazing. With musicians that you won't recognize, all the dinosaurs from my time. It began with Queen and it ended with Diana Ross. Okay, so some of you go, who's that? Okay, all right. Okay, but it was just wonderful. But what was wonderful to me was to watch the, 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 the love and adulation of a nation nonstop, two and a half hours, just shouting and screaming. And, and they were shouting at their rock idols. They were shouting for their queen. And the people were blowing on the trumpets and the soldiers. And, and, and everyone was saying, hail the queen and long live the queen. And it was just, just incredible. And, and when the rock concerts came out, the, the, the rock stars, people were amazingly shouting, shouting, shouting. And I want to say to you, what is wrong with us that, that when we go to things like that, we shout, 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 but when we come to church, we keep silent? Can I hear ouch and amen? Okay. The right thing to do when we come into the presence of Almighty God is to shout. Shout out because it's a wonderful privilege that we've been granted to come into the presence of God. We're all very tiny, finite, limited little things. There's seven billion of us walking around the planet right now or more, right? But we get the privilege of coming into the presence of our Creator, Almighty God. And, and we should come in with this ecstatic joy within us because we're coming for an encounter. We're coming from an experience. We're coming to meet with God and acknowledge the fact that He is our God. And for me, that makes me happy. That makes me very, very happy that I can come into the presence of God. It fills my heart with joy. Amen. And I want to shout to my God. I want to say thank you, Jesus. 
If you want to shout to God, say to your neighbor right now, I want to shout to God. There we go. That's how you do it. You see? I want to shout to God. Amen. Hallelujah. What's the second thing you want to do besides shouting to God? You want to serve Him with gladness. Serve Him. Put the word serve. The Bible says in verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. When we come to the presence of God, we come to serve God. Our attitudes and our actions should be those of loving servants, dedicated servants. If you remember in Romans 12, 1, it says these words, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So when we come into the presence of God, we strip away self, we bury our ego, we put aside all mundane human experiences, we, we put aside all of our other priorities. Because when we come into His presence, we have come to serve our King with joy and with gladness. That's our purpose. And that's what brings Christians meaning in their lives. Amen? To serve God in our lifetime. Why? Because we're investing in something that is significant, and we're also investing in something that's eternal. That's going to outlive anything you do on this earth. When we come to God, we come to serve, not to be served. So while we thank God for preachers, and we thank God for a band, and we thank God for all of that, my friends, those things are not our focus. Our focus is we've come with an attitude of loving service. Why? Because He deserves it. Why? Because we love Him. We serve Him, and we can serve in multiple ways. We can serve on a band. We can serve at the door. We can serve helping our kids. Today, so many wonderful people served us making food. Amen? Do you know it's a lot of work to make food for so many people? But they came, and let me tell you something. They did it for you, but I believe they did it first and foremost for their king. That's who they came to serve. Their audience is primary one. You get to benefit from that because they've come to bring their gifts to the king. Amen. So I'd like you to give a big round of applause to the people who made the food. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Write the third word down. Write the word sing. Sing joyful songs as you approach him is the next one. Come before him with joyful songs, we are told in Psalm 100 verse 2, the first part. You know, at Riverside, we believe in shouting amen. We believe in shouting praise the Lord. We believe in shouting hallelujah throughout the service. We believe in clapping our hands and applauding our God. Those utterances mingle with our songs and we present them to our King as our offering. Music, my friends, is the form through which we express the gladness of our heart, our joy, and our gratitude to God. We do not sing to create gladness. We sing to express the gladness we feel within. Amen? Don't get that wrong. There are 575 references to praise, singing, and music in the Bible, and the book of Psalms is located right in the middle. It's like a 150-song hymnal to the Lord our God. And from the beginning of creation, you've got singing in the Bible. And throughout the history of God's people, you see singing and singing and singing. Singing and music is an essential link between us and God. In fact, singing and music is the language that God himself created. Amen. There was music in heaven before anything on earth was created. And there will be music in heaven long after everything on earth ends. Can I hear an amen? But I must point out a common danger here. 
Many, many churches are actually worshiping the music instead of worshiping God through music. Right? Amen. You see, my friends, music is a vehicle that stirs the emotions. Music is a vehicle that expresses the heart. But worship is far, far more than music. Amen. Music is part of a protocol that prepares our hearts for the most important. And the most important is an encounter with God. Worship is far more than music. Music is a sacrifice of praise, not a synonym for worship. Listen to what John MacArthur wrote. Music and liturgy can assist or express a worshiping heart, but they cannot make a non-worshiping heart into a worshiping one. The danger is that they can give a non-worshiping heart a sense of having worshipped. The crucial factor in worship in church is not the form of worship, but the state of the heart of the worshipers. If our corporate worship isn't an expression of our individual worshiping lives, it is unacceptable. What a powerful quote. The fourth thing I want you to write is surrender. Write the word surrender. Surrender fully. The third verse says this. Acknowledge that Yahweh is God. He made us and we are His, His people, the sheep of His pastor. As we draw closer and closer to God in worship and prayer, there comes a time where we just surrender completely. That's what happens. That's a moment when we acknowledge that He's our Savior and we submit to His Lordship. We remind ourselves whom we have come to worship. He's the Creator. We are the Created. He is the shepherd, we are the sheep. He is the master, we are the servants. He is the head, we are the body. In other words, he is God, we are not. You know, Gabby mentioned earlier about the grandchildren. We have seven grandchildren now, okay? And one of the things I love to observe on my grandchildren is when the grandchildren are running around and when they feel hungry, when they feel tired, when they feel unsafe, when they feel they just need a hug, they'll stretch out their hands and it's papa, papa, mama, mama. And, you know, it's not grandparents, it's not friends, it's not, that's time for parents. And then when the parents hold them, that's the place they feel the most secure, the most comfortable, the most safe. You know, my friends, you are sitting here today and when you worship the Lord in this way, and like we sing in that song where we say, all I want is you, Lord, is you, Lord. All I want is you. When those words become true, authentic, genuine in your life, and you sing that from the bottom of your heart, like that, Papa, Papa, all I want is you, Lord. That's when you're fully surrendered. That's when you fully are worshiping. Amen. Because truly, God is everything you will ever need. Can I hear amen? Amen. amen. The fifth thing I want you to write down is swing open. Write this, swing open. Swing open those gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. The Bible says enter his courts with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Come into his courts with praise. Now, there's no doubt what's the imagery here, right? He's thinking of the temple in Jerusalem. He's thinking of the holy city. And he's thinking of what happens in those days that people would come from all over the nation to worship at the special festivals which would take place in, in Jerusalem. And that's where the house of God was, the temple. But the walled cities, the walled city was always closed. All the gates were always shut. 
However, on festival days, those gates would swing wide open for people coming from every city, every town, and every village in Israel. They would pour into those walls, and they would pour into the temple grounds. And you can imagine that these people have walked very far. These people have brought their children. They brought their belongings. They brought their tents. They brought everything because now they're going to camp out. And they're going to stay there for many, many days through the festival season. And as they approach the holy city, imagine this. I've been to Israel seven times or at least. And, and when you see Israel, for the, when you see Jerusalem for the first time, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. It's an awesome experience. Now imagine them coming and, and the experience of seeing the city. And then to approach it and seeing the gates wide open. And as they came in, there's no other expression for them right then. Sore muscles passed through many dangers and toils, come through deserts and mountains and, and robbers and you name it. And they finally arrive. They erupt with thanksgiving. They erupt with praise and they begin to worship God saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Our eyes have seen Jerusalem. Our eyes have seen the house of the Most High God. And we have come to worship. Hallelujah. And, and then they get ever closer and closer. Because then they come very close to that place called the Holy of Holies where God himself would inhabit. Now again, praise is not worship. It sets the stage for worship. Praise anticipates what is to come. And what is to come is the presence of God. We get to come into the presence of God. Praise precedes worship. And worship is the way into an encounter with the living God. David Edwards in his book, Worship 365, wrote these words. When we praise God, we are ringing the doorbell, making our presence known. Letting him know that we have come to see him. Praise is the vehicle into God's presence. And worship is what we do once we get into God's presence. Hallelujah. While God is everywhere, being omnipresent, his revealed presence occurs when we truly worship him. God has chosen to manifest himself in the praises of his people. David wrote of God, but you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel, Psalm 22.3. Thus, I believe that when we sing, we create the atmosphere for Almighty God to come and dwell in our midst. Isn't that awesome? And that makes Riverside listen, that makes Riverside, that makes Christian churches different than any other organization or organism on earth. Because with our praise, with our worship, with our music, Almighty God comes and dwells among us. And amazing things can occur. The, the sixth and final thing I want to share with you is say thank you. You can write, say thank you. Say thank you continuously and praise his name. The Bible says in verse 4, that's Siri, right? There we go, good old Siri. She's got us. She was going to define worship for us. Okay. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Now, this instruction is actually repeated twice in this, in this psalm. It is repeated because it is of utmost importance and God cannot bless. Listen to this. God cannot bless people who are bitter, angry, resentful, grumpy, or ungrateful all the time. Can I hear out and amen? Okay. Now, you might say, what do we have to thank God for? My answer is everything. Everything. I have so much to thank God for. I want to thank God for the surgeons who operated on my knee. Could God have healed me? Yes, he could, but he chose to use those surgeons. And I thank God for those surgeons. I thank God for my physiotherapist and the nurses who's taken such good care of me. I thank him for my wife. She's been amazing. She treats me like a son, not like a husband. 
You know, I've got all these prohibitions, what I can do and cannot do. It's pretty cool to sit around and do nothing while she does everything. All, the, all those single people are saying, is that how it works in marriage? Only when you get operated, guys. <laughs> I thank him because God is good to me and he's been good to me. So I want you to begin thinking right now because I'm going to give you popcorn time to just share what are you thankful for today. The word praise here literally means to kneel. It communicates coming into the presence of God and kneeling before him in homage and honor. And it says we, we praise his name. What do we know about God's name? Well, we know it's a name different to every other name. And his name really defines his person, his character, his nature. The psalmist then closes off this verse in the psalm by saying, what's about his name? Yahweh is good. His love is eternal. His faithfulness endures for all generations, verse 5. So he is good. His love is eternal. His faithfulness endures for all generations. My friend, I don't know which God you've had. I don't know which religion you've followed. I don't know which belief system you've had. But I want to tell you the true God, the creator of heaven and earth, the God that we love and we serve, he's not fickle and he's not forgetful. He will come through on all of his promises. He's faithful for eternity. And he will be faithful to you. Whatever he's promised, he will fulfill. When the presence of God is revealed to us, only then have we worshipped. Worship is not shouting, nor singing, nor neither thanksgiving, nor praise. All those are prelude. Worship is the encounter. Worship is the audience with the king. As I draw to a conclusion, let me say that there's two kinds of Christians anywhere in the world today. The first kind is those who have a relationship. The second kind is those who have a religion. The first kind have head knowledge, but they also have heart knowledge of God. The second kind only have head knowledge of God. The first kind know God. The second kind know about God. The first kind worship in spirit and in truth. The second kind worship in ritual, in form, and dead work religiosity. What do we have today? Here's what the Bible says. Listen to this beautiful passage. John 4, 23 and 24. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking those who worship Him in spirit and in truth. May you and I be people who worship the Lord Almighty in spirit and in truth. So I want to encourage every one of you today to go home tonight and, and pray this psalm. And in fact, whenever you, have, you lack prayer language, whenever you don't know what to say to God, just open the psalms and pray the psalms to Him. Awesome prayers. Just pray the psalms back to Him. Here's how you can pray Psalm 100. You can say, personalize it. Say, I will shout triumphantly to you, Lord. I will serve you, Lord. I will come before you with joyful songs. I acknowledge that you are God. I enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. I give you thanks. So make the psalm yours and pray it back to God. That's a beautiful way to pray. Lord God Almighty, we just want to declare every one of us sitting in these chairs, we want to declare how blessed we are today to sit in a place in safety, in a city where there's no starvation, in a city that's not being ravaged by war, in a city where we are relatively safe, in a place we can freely worship. And God, just to say thank you for all these wonderful praise reports. 
And Lord, before we continue, we cannot ask, help but ask you for our dying, our hurting, and our broken world. Lord, we pray for places where there's hunger. We pray for places where people are in conflict, remembering Ukraine, your Russia, and the whole thing going on in that part of the world. We pray for other places, Lord, where there's so much brokenness and hurting in our world. Father God, have mercy on your world. But today, we are here just to say thank you. Thank you for this community. Thank you for all, for the pastors who've been so faithful, so loyal, so diligent. We know it's easy to say thank you, but we know they've been through many storms and trials and tribulations. Thank you for their patience, their resilience, their commitment to doing the work you've called them to do. Thank you for the leadership which has come alongside to bless and lift up their hands. Thank you for those serving in the behind the scenes where nobody even sees, but they're right now with the little children teaching the young ones in the way they should go. Thank you for everyone that's come, everyone that's visited. We say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you with all of our hearts, and we truly are grateful for the gift of life and the gift of being called children of God. Amen.